It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net where sports meet social networking. Apparently, they did review the drop at the moment that it occurred. 
And I'm trying to think, what hole was it? Was it the 15th? I think it was the 15th hole. It was the 15th, and it was going to be like his second or third shot, right? Well, he ended up, he ended up, uh, what? He ended up taking an eight on the 15th. Um, so I don't know exactly which shot it was that he was actually going into. Right. But ultimately, after the two-stroke penalty that apparently was awarded, if we want to say it awarded, awarded to him this morning, he ended up with an eight on the 15. Wow. It was a bogey. Evidently, it was a bogey on the hole. And as far as I understand, the penalty then was assessed against today's round. It was not assessed against yesterday, or if it was, then it's carryover to today. In other words, his his score has upped by by two strokes instead of being you know a minus seventy three. He was a minus seventy one. That sort of thing. Well, I- uh, he faced faced disqualification potentially. I mean, it could have gotten that serious where he might have been disqualified from the Masters completely. I guess this was a, a pretty severe. Uh, error in keeping his scorecard because well, he obviously had signed the card and turned it in and there was I guess some question as to was that uh, you know some malfeasance some chicanery there on his part or was it legitimately an error the rules committee ruled uh, that it would not be disqualified because in fact they had reviewed it at the time and they said that everything was copacetic it was only on the second review uh, that right. apparently was done overnight where the Rules Committee recognized that they actually had made the mistake, and so therefore they gave Tiger the benefit of the doubt of signing his scorecard and saying, okay, well, he was under the impression that the that the uh, shot was fine and that there was no there was no uh, uh, issue with it. Right. Uh, so based upon that, they said, well, we can't disqualify him because we actually sanctioned it at the time it had occurred uh, after we had reviewed it. So... Um, but in fact, it did go against his round from yesterday. I'm looking at the leaderboard that's up on USA Today, and they had jumped him from a 71 to a 73, uh, and currently he is now tied for, I think, like sixth. Yeah, he's tied for sixth uh, going into the round. Now, he will not, his tee time, I believe, uh, in fact, I've got the tee times up here, his tee time will be at 145 uh, this afternoon uh, Eastern time. Uh, so he goes into the uh, third round uh, one under. The cut line was uh, was plus four, uh, which, as you pointed out, uh, allowed, just allowed, just allowed our 14-year-old uh, uh, Guan to get into uh, the round. In fact, he is the he was the very last qualifier, or one of the very last qualifiers. Actually, it was Phil Mickelson, according to what I'm looking at here. Phil Mickelson was a plus Oh, no, he's a plus five as of this point right now. I'm sorry. He was plus four going into the day. Um, but that allowed Guan to actually get into uh, round three, the 14-year-old well, phenom. My goodness, that's an incredible situation. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely right. I mean, when you consider the, the young man's age, um, you know, uh, to qualify for the Masters, you know, evidently he won the Asia Pacific Amateur. Um, he's the youngest to ever qualify well, he too had, uh, I guess, a uh, a judgment. Uh, what almost? Um, I'm going to be a little uh, pedestrian about it. A delay of game. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, obsessed, right? Because evidently he took a bit too long on on several holes. He was warned uh, evidently early in in the round. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. 
by a by a, a an official that you're taking a little too long, and then I guess he he proceeded to do so again later in the round, around hole 15. Um, so evidently, uh, uh, there's some pressure there, dude. <laughs> there's well, pressure for 50 year olds or 14 year olds in that game. No doubt about it. Uh, now, my guess is that Iguan is in there as an amateur. Is that would that would do you? Yeah, know he is right. His status. He is the only one listed as an amateur status, as far as I saw. Okay. All right. Well, how do you like this, folks? I mean, we cover it all right here on Frat House Saturday. We're even chatting up a bit about the Masters. Uh, uh, question, uh, though, Mark, I got for you. Uh, would we be talking about the Masters as much? If there wasn't so much brouhaha and hype about uh, Tiger Woods and, oh, my gosh, everybody's claiming him to – he's on the comeback trail and, hey, he might he might win his fifth green jacket this week. Would we be talking about the Masters as much? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, uh, in my circle, um, in chatting about this uh, particular tournament, more than one of my friends have told me that, but for Tiger Woods' presence, their interest would be zero. Wow. So I think that I think there is something. Yeah, I think there is a very, very big difference. Uh, there's a swing in the interest, uh, whether or not Tiger is present or not, in any given uh, tournament. I think it makes a, a whale of a difference. Evidently, his, uh, his current uh, personal life uh, interaction with the skier um, has maybe settled him down. I mean, he has played better, so uh, you know, I guess there's something to be said for it. And certainly, sponsorship, I would think, has started to return for him. Yeah. Now, do you think that people are, when you say that friends of yours are indicating that their interest would be nil, is this more of, uh, see, because even before all the controversy took place with Tiger Woods. Um, apparently he had this kind of effect on the the game of golf. Uh, people were tuning in. And that oh, was wow. even before the, the controversy with the women and all that nonsense that went down. It, it seemed like it went on forever and ever and ever. Um, oh. do, you, do you feel that you're, you know, the people that you speak to who are claiming that they're tuning in, are they tuning in because they're going, wow, this guy's like, he, he's got to be one of the best golfers ever, or is it more of a sideshow sort of thing where everybody's tuning in just to see what ridiculous nonsense he's going to be up to again this week? No. I, you know, the, the couple or three people that I've spoken to about it and to a person, they've all pretty much said the same, and that is I follow the game. A um, couple of them play the game. I do not, although I enjoy watching certain tournaments, and this, certainly the Masters in Augusta is one of them, uh, they all believe the man has an absolute sort of Michael Jordan-esque uh, flair to the game, and they are thrilled to see that magic touch return. And they think it makes a, a, total, a total difference um, in, in bringing out the best in other players as well. In other words, he, his presence tends to elevate expectation across the board in the tournament. And that's I right. think there might be something to that. Well, I guess that's good to hear that it's not just, you know, uh, people, you know, pulling a TMZ uh, type of situation, let's tune in to, 
see what uh, see what whole uh, uh, Tiger Woods drops an f bomb on today. You know. Oh, I agree with you, and quite frankly, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I found uh, the entire uh, breakdown of his uh, personal life and all of that to be tedious, boring, and 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 quite frankly, just sensational nonsense. I thought it it took everything away from uh, the dignity of the game. It certainly he didn't have much much dignity uh, remaining um, as he went through his uh, hiccup in his life. So I think the fact that we can kind of let's forget that parlay back into really what it's about and does the man have uh, ability? Yeah, I think he does. Is he on the right track? Hopefully so. I think it's good for the game. Yeah. Absolutely for the game. Well, I know that um, regardless of whether Tiger were a presence or not, as you point out, I have been a follower of the Masters, and not that I follow all of the PGA tournaments. I really don't. I mean, I stay on top of it. I, you know, I check out the winners and the losers on a weekly basis. Maybe even check in on a leaderboard here or there. But uh, from the standpoint of the Masters, I watch it pretty religiously every single year and keep on top of it. Just because, as I pointed out in a couple of the fan junkies programs. Uh, particularly Monday, uh, or actually Wednesday with uh, Jim Williams, and then yesterday with uh, Jonathan. Uh, there, there's an elegance to the Masters, I think. You know, it's the old line, I hate to say it, you know, a tradition like none other. Um, you know, the, the, you know the, the beautiful, beautiful scenery that we've got there at Augusta, the green jacket, all that, all that kind of uh, uh, gallant type of, uh, finery that goes with it, uh, there, there's something elegant about it. Yeah, without a doubt. It's sort of the Daytona, uh, if you will. Again, a little pedestrian on my end. Uh, it's the Daytona of uh, of the PGA. Um, never mind what Bob Costas wants to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Let me say this about that there. Touche. <laughs> My comment up with regard to Costas's comments about the Masters, the folks at the Masters, and oh, actually, he was referring to broadcasters, CBS broadcasters. Forget the fact that Bob Costas has never worked a day for CBS, right. but he's slamming CBS broadcasters for the fact that they have completely ignored over the years the uh, the uh, racism and sexism of Augusta National uh, Golf Club. So uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, my comment when I put it up on the uh, Frat House Sports uh, Facebook page today was, why? Because he's Bob Costas. That's why. <laughs> That's correct. And he's going to say it NBC because NBC stands for nobody cares about golf. <laughs> Nobody cares about Costas. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, and actually, that's kind of a shame, because I really, I, I, I like Bob Costas. I just don't understand what his recent agendas have been, um, and, and that's why I had to put the comment up I did. Uh, why? Because uh, it's Costas. That's fully why. appreciated. Fully appreciated, absolutely. Fully appreciated, uh, both the tongue firmly in cheek, as well as the reference, because I agree with you, the man. Uh, does like to take a platform on occasion um, and and offer and tender in his feeling um, to make it a, a bit more than just uh, another sport. You know. All righty. Now, on uh, Frat House Saturdays here, in a couple of moments, I'm going to be bringing to everybody uh, this week's edition of Five Minutes at the Frat House, number 84. That'll be the audio side of it. We'll be rebroadcasting that 
Um, but uh, while Mark and I are on, we'll be on here for on the front end of the program, and we will be back in on the back end of the program after the um, broadcast uh, re-airs. Uh, if you have anything on your mind, anything you want to chat with us about, please feel free to give us a holler here on a frat house Saturday at 347-237-5373. Okay, well, there's our master's chat for the moment. Um, it, you know, if anything earth-shattering happens within the next, oh, say, hour or so, I will try to keep you up to date with that as I'm getting the live leaderboard fed to me right here on my computer. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at uh, one of my favorite things, uh, and that's today in sports. And, Mark, I pulled one out uh, for you that goes back to a year that's near and dear to your heart, and that's 1963. Um in 1963, two things actually happened on this very day in 1963. Um, one of these is going to make my New York Mets fans really happy that I'm recognizing this one, uh, all my New York Mets friends. Uh, on this day, 1963, the New York Mets played their first home game at the Polo Grounds. So that was their first home game for the New York Mets today. Also on this day, this one I found really interesting. Pete Rose of the Cincinnati Reds got his... First hit in the major leagues. Two kind of momentous things happening there in today in sports in baseball. While we're talking baseball real quick, uh, we do have a couple of 1 o'clock games that are probably starting off right about now. Over in the American League, you've got the uh, Tampa Bay Rays um, taking on the Boston Red Sox uh, at Fenway. Uh, the Giants... Uh, San Francisco Giants are at Chicago playing the Cubs, and the Atlanta Braves are down at the uh, Washington Nationals uh, playing them at 1 o'clock as well. Look at those Braves. My gosh, 9-1 and one are the Braves. I don't know if anybody expected them to be quite that good. They, they've got the best record in Major League Baseball. Tearing it up. They Tearing it up. Um. Of course, it's still early, very, very early, and that's I, I, I have to keep reminding myself and everybody else that. In the NHL, we have a couple of early games today, but these will be at 3 o'clock. The puck drops at 3 o'clock uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers, who are playing the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, this, is, this one's inconsequential now, isn't it, Mark? Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. You know, you've got so few games remaining, I don't know, but they pack it in. Um, I... I would like to give the edge to Philadelphia to win this game against Buffalo, but, you know, when you do, um, you're, you're met with some real disappointment there. I think, I think it is all but done for Philadelphia uh, as a playoff team this year. I think that loss the other night actually put the nail in the coffin. Uh, other 3 o'clock game today, we have uh, Vancouver uh, at uh, Colorado. Uh, and Vancouver, of course, is a playoff-bound team at this point. Colorado is not. So we've got a full slate of uh, of games uh, that will be coming up uh, later on this evening as well, 7, 8, and then later on to the uh, West Coast. Um, we have a NASCAR race, uh, oddly enough, but kind of neatly enough. I really like Saturday night races. We have a Sprint Cup race tonight. I believe this is race number 7, I believe, uh, on the schedule for the year. This is Sprint Cup race down at the... Texas Motor Speedway, uh, and in fact, I believe Kyle Busch has got the pole on that. It's kind of neat to get a uh, nighttime uh, nighttime race. Um, 
who, who do you, who's your favorite on that one, uh, Mark? Uh, well, you know, I got to be honest. I mean, I'm in the I'm in the Fred House uh, uh, fantasy league. Um, geez, I guess I better hedge my bet. I was going to announce my roster, but I don't, you know, it, it, you had indicated you haven't exactly placed your roster uh, firmly. So I don't I don't want to necessarily give you a uh, you know too much of a uh, what uh, prejudice one way or another. However, I will say this: um, your guy. Kyle Bush. Yep. He's he's on he's on my my fantasy roster this week. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. He's Absolutely. been running really. Uh, the, guy's, the guy's tremendous, dude. The guy's tremendous in in driving and uh I mean he won last night's nationwide, right? Yes, indeed he did. Yep. It, it, the guy's really been I mean it, it, he had a really really bad year last year. Um and and I've contended for quite some time that uh, that was just that Toyota team not being able to figure out how to work those uh, that new uh, uh, electronic, yeah, the electronic yeah. fuel injection system. Um, but he has been running really, really well in these new Gen Six cars. Um, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, this has got. I know for a fact it's his, it's at least his second, and it might be his third uh, pole leading uh, race uh, uh, so far. Beg your pardon? Uh, that is for this early season, you're saying? Correct. Uh, yep. Okay. Let me ask you this. I don't know for certain. I'd have to go back and do uh, research. Uh, what manufacturer has won the majority of the races uh, thus far this year? Has it been Toyota? Has it been the number one? Or has it been Chevy or Ford? Do you know? I'm not I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to go back and research yeah, I'd have to, all of our winners. I'd have to take a look at all the winners. But my gut yeah. feeling is it would be the Chevys. Yeah, you know, because I'll, I'll be honest, it seems as though those Chevys, boy, oh boy, they are strong vehicles. Yeah, that would be my that would be my guess. Kyle has won one, um, but you got Jimmy Johnson in there who has won two already. I think he's the only I'm, driver with two wins. And uh, what is uh, Johnson driving? Driving Johnson's driving. Johnson's driving a Chevy, isn't he? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I gotta say, last week I did have Johnson. And I did have uh, Clint Boyer um, in my roster, but apart from that, the rest of my team was pretty bad. <laughs> I had Johnson on my team as well. I should have also put Gordon. I uh, almost put Gordon on my team at the last minute, and then, I don't know, I backed away from it. Uh, but um, had I had Gordon, I would have done a lot better. But I had Casey Kane on there who came and who had another top five. I had Gordon on there, and or I had uh, Johnson, and I had uh, Kyle. So I actually did very, very well in last week's race. Just not enough to get me out of the out of the drink. I'm uh, I'm way, way down on the uh, leaderboard. Way down on the leaderboard in the frat house NASCAR fantasy league. <laughs> uh, oh, long way to go, dude. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Um, Let's get into something here real quick, uh, and, and again, I'm going to invite anybody that wants to jump in and give us a holler, 347-237-5373. Something Jonathan and I talked about a little bit, well, not even a little bit, at, at really at great length yesterday uh, on our regular uh, Friday uh, Fan Junkies program, and that was a report that apparently Major League Baseball had gone in and purchased uh, the documentary evidence from the Biogenesis Clinic down in, in Miami 
that apparently has implicated, and there have been rumors about it now for weeks and weeks and weeks, leading into the Major League Baseball season, um, implicating numerous, numerous players in Major League Baseball who would be using uh, HGH and other uh, performance enhancement drugs, and that these drugs were provided by this biogenesis clinic. Now, apparently this report was broken by a um, newspaper down in Miami, and uh, Major League Baseball has tried numerous, numerous times apparently to get the evidence from the Miami newspaper. However, the newspaper has been less than forthcoming, my suspicion being that they're probably citing a First Amendment issue. So uh, Major League Baseball apparently did an end around, and as we discussed yesterday, got some former employees to uh, paid some former employees to, I guess, kind of smuggle this information out of the company. And now apparently they are, are in possession of most of, at least we're not sure exactly because Major League Baseball has yet to make any kind of statement on it, they are in possession of most of the evidentiary uh, documentation. Now, there apparently there was also a report, a report that one of the players that was implicated in the documentation uh, had similarly uh, apparently uh, approached uh, employees of Biogenesis in an effort to purchase some of the evidentiary documentation as well. But obviously the purposes that that player had were to destroy the records. Well, the report comes out yesterday that apparently that individual is one Alex Rodriguez of the New York Yankees. Um, and, you know, when, when the report first came out, I posted it up on Frat House Sports' Facebook page with the simple comment that I'm waiting for the explosion. To me, Mark, this could be an enormous, enormous controversial story. What's your read on it? Oh, without a doubt. And um, as I understand it, MLB went in following the initial purchase by an unnamed player of the documents. In other words, MLB said, we're trying to do this investigation Hey, we we understand from Biogenesis uh, individuals that some reports have been purchased by a player for which we have been investigating PED usage anyway. MLB then sent in their own representatives who likewise made the same transaction of purchasing the documents. Through that, we have seen and have learned, uh, evidently, apart from Alex Rodriguez, there's also one Ryan Braun from Milwaukee, uh, Yankee catcher Francisco Cervelli. I mean, there's some names involved uh, in the Biogenesis uh, user-friendly uh, list. So this this does tend to kind of bleed out now, and it's going to be potentially a very, very damning expose. Uh, MLB has to be very careful because they're going to get one shot with these players to speak to them. 
and I believe they just want to be as as fully armed as possible when they do finally have that conversation. But this thing is certainly far from going away. The uh, the the PED days are back with us, folks, and maybe they never left. Oh well, I think you're. I think the latter is probably correct. Uh, let me ask you, and I, I, I you know, I, I broached this question with you pre-show. Um, a Rod's uh, attempt at purchase and destruction does that constitute obstruction of justice? Well, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we did discuss it, and I, I tend to agree. Um, it certainly, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, it probably is. At the same time, I guess until there is um, that complete circle of the wagons with the MLB to where you can couch this in an arena, right now it just smells bad. Oh, yeah. But it, I don't know, it's its somewhat elusive. I mean, uh, newspaper have these documents. You've got players that supposedly have purchased Similar documents, you've got uh, MLB now is claiming, no, no, we've got them too. In the meantime, in between time, uh, Biogenesis is a defunct business. I mean, it is closed down in South Florida. It is not open for operation. Um, you're going to have to go back and try to, uh, I guess, call call in um, people to, to make statements and witness um, as associates or employees of Biogenesis, um, this could be very long and protracted. But, yes, does it does it appear to be collusive? Does it appear to be obstructionist? Absolutely. In some respects, too, A-Rod has, I think, in many respects, placed MLBPA in a rather ticklish situation. This is a, a no-win situation for them in some respects. If, in fact, Major League Baseball Players Association – were to come out and and and, and somehow or another, even even uh, uh, presentation wise, appear to be backing a rod. You're going to have a fan base that I think is going to completely turn against them. If in fact they don't back a rod, their rank and file could turn against them. Well, as per the uh, <clears throat> the language of the MLB uh, CBA, you know, collective bargaining agreement, what we're looking at here is. Uh, they call it a non-adult analytical positive. Um, there's been nothing. <laughs> I need a, I need an attorney tested. to figure that one out. <laughs> well, there's been nothing proven and tested, but the fact that we have documentation showing potential purchase and use, uh, use and uh, treatment at this facility, um, it would certainly appear to be positive for HGH PEDs. Uh, this kind of enhancement. Um, so as per just the collective bargaining agreement, um, you're right. Uh, I would think the Players Association are finding themselves in a very, very sticky situation as far as how do we come down on this. Wow. Uh, this it, it raises so, so many questions. And uh, uh, the, specter, the specter of... of chicanery with with the game is just it's 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 a shame it overshadows it overshadows great players um you know that are out there and and doing it the right way um 
Well, I mean, uh, the porn I made, the, the, porn this, I made, the shadow of, of the Jackie Robinson story being, uh, you know, uh, sent out to the market in wide release. You know, Jackie Robinson never used PEDs, as far as we know, and never had to. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, you know, I, uh, one of the points I made in yesterday's uh, Fan Junkies program, I said that, uh, you know, it has such a slimy co- cloak and dagger kind of feel to it. Um, and now, as you pointed out, and I pointed out on yesterday's show, You've got a he said, she said, who shot John situation. You've got players in possession of some of the documents. You've got Major League Baseball. You've got the newspaper. And then, of course, you've got Biogenesis themselves sitting out there. And you've got employees running around uh, potentially uh, uh, absconding, making copies of this stuff. You know, after a while, if this stuff ever does get into an evidentiary court courtroom, uh, you're going to have a whole load of attorneys standing up and objecting to the potential that the evidence might be tainted. Oh, without a doubt. With every generation of these documents that exist and multiply, uh, therein lies the potential of, uh, you know, altering, falsifying, uh, redacting. You're absolutely right. Will you ever get to the real deal? I don't know. Yeah. And talking about a, you're talking about a boatload of attorneys. There's no two ways around it, because every one of these players cited uh, are going to bring their own cadre of of legal team to the table. Absolutely incredible. Just, uh, you know, sitting here, SMHing. Yep. Uh, it's incredible. Without a well, doubt. Scratching my head, too, dude. What are your thoughts, folks? 347-237-5373. I frankly don't think we've heard the, be- the, the end of this. I don't even think we've heard the beginning of it. I think this thing is about ready to blow the lid off of a lot of things. Uh, that's where I am with it. Yeah, um, and let's, you know, quickly just say, A-Rod, you know, we're not sure. He's got a bum hip. There's no guarantee the man ever plays again right now for the Yankees. Uh, you know, perhaps putting myself in his head, if I'm looking at it and saying, my career might be about done, what housekeeping do I need to do before I get out? Um, oh, I got an idea. <laughs> Let's destroy the evidence. Yeah. Get saying. Yeah, well, if I, you know, I, I, this thing, you're, you're, you make a good point that this whole situation might just turn out to be a stumbling block to any kind of Hall of Fame status. That's for darn sure. All right. Uh, Mark, we had a couple other things on the agenda, but we've run a little long. So what I think I might do is I think I'm going to let the folks give a listen to this week's uh, five minutes of Scrant House number 84, and then we'll come back in on the back end of our program here today, and we'll maybe knock off a couple of these other agenda items. Five minutes at the Frat House number 84. Folks, this is the audio side. It's a video, okay? And I got to tell you, I, I've said it numerous times, uh, you can hear this, and you're going to get a chance to hear it, and it's very good listening. But sometimes you'll miss some things unless you actually see it. Because there are things that go on between Sidekick and I that frequently are visual and visually amusing. And so how do you get to actually see these videos? Well, the easiest way, go over to YouTube. Type in five minutes at the Frat House and you'll find all of our productions. There's well over 100 now, including all kinds of shorts. We have all kinds of short videos. But the weeklies are right there, and this one is week number 84 in a row. Um, the other place that you can find these is over at our website, which is 
frathousesports.net. All right. And so, Mark, I'm going to uh, let our listeners give a listen uh, to this week's Five Minutes at the Frat House, and uh, we will be back on with all of you in just about 30 minutes. We go with that one, Mark? Sounds good to me. Let's go. All right. Okay. Five Minutes at the Frat House, number 84. Well, yes, indeed, you found your way back to another five minutes at the Frat House, the most consistent internet-based sports talk, sports rap program with Frat House Mike and Sidekick. And as always, we have a packed, packed program here for you uh, today. Um, but before we get to that packed agenda, Sidekick, I just got to oh, ask you. Here we go. I just got to ask you. Know, here hold we on, go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you check out any of uh, the first round of today's Masters tournament from Augusta National? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. It's not your thing? No. I was, uh, unfortunately, at work, so didn't, didn't get that. Yeah, but you can catch up on the updates, you know, as they're, as they're going on. I mean, you know. It's not, okay. Not your, not your thing. Not my bailiwick. <sighs> well, i got to say, listen, I am, I, listen, I'm not a big, big golfing I don't watch a lot of it. I mean, I track it. There's something special about the Masters. I don't know. There's an elegancy to it. It's one of the first majors. In fact, it is the first major of the tour. And I... What is that? It's a major award. I enjoy it. It's, it, it, it's you know, it's very, very attractive. And it, it's, I don't know, the, the, the whole mystique of the green jacket and all that's kind of neat. So, I thought real quick, since we do have the first round, at least Alrighty. at this at this particular taping right now, most of the first round was completed. Leaders, Mark Leishman and Sergio Garcia are six under. Who? Yes. Tiger Woods, two under. All right, for those that are interested. Phil Mickelson, one under. Rory McIlroy right now, even. And we will go into round two tomorrow. Round three, and then the finals on Sunday. Joy. You coming up to the Pride House to check that out? Huh? Yeah, no. Yeah? No? No? All right. Let's get I think it. I'll be giving that one a pass. <laughs> oh. Hey, listen, we cover everything right Well, at least I do. I cover everything right here. I'm all about this guy. I cover everything right here. All right. I cover almost anything. Almost. Almost. We'll, we'll find out. That, yeah. I, co- I cover we'll the get... couple of things that you don't cover. That, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Shut up and stop talking. All right. Let's get over to our regular sports chatter. But before yep. we do that and we get into our motorsports update, let's finish off our NCAA tournament coverage uh, because we've got ourselves a new champion. Uh, Monday night, uh, the number one seed Louisville Cardinals took on the number four seed Michigan Wolverines. Uh, both advanced after winning their respective final four games on Saturday evening. Louisville, though, uh, darn near upset by the Wichita State Shockers, uh, running behind them on Saturday night by as many as 12. And it really wasn't until late in the second half that Louisville went ahead to stay uh, and beat the Shockers, but by just four points, 72-68. Now, on the other side, the Wolverines beat number, uh, another number four in the Syracuse Orange by five. 61 to 56. Now, going into that championship game on Monday, though, I frankly felt that if Louisville, in fact, did come out and play as they did against Wichita on uh, on on Saturday against Michigan, uh, that there was a shot that Michigan probably could take them down and win that one 
And in fact, for quite a while, it was actually looking that way. In fact, at the half, Michigan went in to the locker room at the half up by 1.38 to 37. Ultimately, in the end, though, the difference came down to Louisville's 50% three-point shooting and uh, their 78% free free throws. Louisville won by six points, 82 to 76. Um, Interestingly enough, Louisville coach Rick Pitino, he became the first NCAA coach to win a national title at two different schools. Uh, And kind of ironically enough, it was announced earlier on Monday uh, that Pitino would be inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. And at that point, then the conversations just coming, you know, hours later, when he won the national championship, two from two different schools, conversations becoming, well, is Rick Pitino perhaps maybe one of the greatest basketball, college basketball coaches ever? And we'll save that conversation. We'll save that conversation. Hey, that sound bit we haven't heard in a while. We'll save that conversation for another show. Uh, yes, I am a big Rick Pitino fan, and I... I, I oh, I, are you? Yes, I am. Uh, I say congratulations to him and to the Louisville Cardinals. And by the way, interestingly enough, the women's Cardinals as well, who lost to UConn the very, I believe it was very next night in the women's Division One championship game. They made it all the way to the championship game in the women's NCAA tournament against UConn. Unfortunately, they weren't as successful as the men. But nonetheless, congratulations to Louisville. Tremendous basketball season. All righty. There's our wrap-up on the NCAA tournament. One more little thing, though. Uh, we'd be remiss. Let's get to our Facebook, Frat House Facebook post of the week. Uh, it was the most viewed post, and it is related still yet to the tourney. Uh, and that was the final standings in our Frat House Sports Bracket Challenge, which was ultimately won by our good Facebook fan and friend Mark. Uh, came in at the top there. Uh, Joe came in second, and Son of a gun, there's Laura. Always seems to be hanging around near the top of all of our fantasy stuff. There she is at the company third. So uh, congrats to all of them. Nice I, job. I don't like the bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh, <laughs> nice job uh, on all of that. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, another reason. Listen. The only, I uh, Another <laughs> reason. I don't know. Another, uh, another reason you need to get over and like our Facebook page. Uh, is all of the different, you know, challenges and games and fantasy stuff that we get involved in. And if you're over there and, and, and are a member of our Facebook page, well, then, my gosh, you get the exclusive invites to those automatically. So make sure you get over to Frat Out Sports and give our Facebook page a like. Real quick, though, before yeah. we move on, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to point out Go ahead. that we tied. Yes, okay. I actually was not the last person. Mm-hmm. For the first time in three seasons. Very good. Very good. You're, you're very I actually good. tied the bracketologist. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I need a drink. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have as... You know, you always go into these things that you think you're going to do better. You know, you go and feel <laughs> really confident. You know, I've got the, I've got the right... What was like last year? I found myself... And I again, it happened this year. I find myself... I'm like, ooh, one day... After one of the rounds, I'm number one. Oh, oh, oh this I is going to be my year. You get this and then you get crushed. Yeah, you get this false sense of confidence that, watch. Get some Nobody's going to beat me. Watch this. I got it. Uh, 
Yeah, that's that's the beauty of really that's the beauty of the bracket and how fast it moves. Yep. All right. Let's go over and take a look at some motorsports, huh? And let's start it off with a little NHRA drag racing, drag racing because, well, gosh knows we haven't seen uh, much of that in like I think what about three weeks. Um, and this past weekend, uh, we headed out to the strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway uh, to the SummitRacing.com Nationals. Um, that was highlighted uh, in the finals. And yes, I did hang for it late, late, late Sunday night. Highlighted uh, by the funny car uh, final between Cruz Pedregon and Courtney Forbes, um, which unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, for a number of reasons, saw Pedregon get to the line first and secure his 31st funny car win after Courtney went up in smoke. Um, Pedregon ran the strip in 4.2 seconds at 298.4 miles per hour. So let's take a look at the leaderboard as it stands after four nationals so far uh, this season. Over in the top fuel division, Tony Schumacher uh, took over the top spot from Anton, Anton Brown, uh, leading him now by 14 points. And there, speaking of it, there's nobody else in sight in that division. You know, I didn't look that far down. Entry, okay. Third place is 130-something points back. You know, that doesn't surprise me. Though. Those two were just... They're, they're, I, was, I, was looking at it, I was just looking at it today, and I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. I mean, you know, those two are at the top, and then there's nobody, nobody else. Nobody below, yeah. Well, well, we'll see how it, it proceeds going forward. But those two probably are the two premier uh, top fuel uh, runners. Interesting, uh, despite losing the final uh, this past weekend to Petrograd, Courtney Forrest takes over uh, as the number one in the funny car division, 14 points ahead of Johnny Gray. Um, and over in Pro Stock, uh, Alan Johnson. It seems to be going back and forth between Johnson and Mike Edwards um, so far. Alan Johnson moves back in front of Mike Edwards again. Uh, but that one's really close, just a mere four points. Okay, so NHRA takes a week off uh, before coming back uh, the weekend of April 19th to the 21st down in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, where we're going to see uh, the unusual four-wide racing, uh, and uh, you can bet we'll be bringing you the results after that one. Let's go take a look at uh, NASCAR, because we had race six this past weekend, uh, and that resumed. Um, vicious half-mile track at Martinsville Speedway, uh, which, despite 12 cautions and 12 different lead changes, uh, well, we saw Jimmy Johnson win his second race of the season uh, by leading 346 of the 500 laps. Uh, others who came in the top five included Clint Boyer came in second. Jeff Gordon always runs well here, uh, came in third. Casey Kane fourth. Kyle Busch came in fifth uh, for his fourth top five finish of the season. And so the leaderboard moved around quite a bit um, as we see Jimmy Johnson with his two wins this season take over at the number one spot. Yep. And that moved Brad Kozlowski down a spot to number two, moved Dale Jr. down a spot to number three. Um, uh, but Kyle Busch joins the top five list. I think that's the first time in a long, long time we've seen yep, him on the top five too, board. Yeah. Uh, this is going back even to last season. Uh, makes the top five board at the number four spot. And Casey Kane jumps in there to the number five. Uh, Casey's been running well with good top five yeah. and top ten finishes yeah. uh, this season as well. And, and the biggest mover, movers of the week are, uh, well, the biggest losers. Let me start with the biggest losers. Uh, Kurt Busch and Martin Truex dropped six spots. Kurt wow. ran well, too, this past week. Yeah. 
And then uh, Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon uh, both jumped up six spots. Right, right. In the standings. Yeah, so. was, yeah, uh, yeah. Clint, Clint did really made a move. You're right. Um, all right. So there you have it. That uh, since we're showing off leaderboards, let's take a look at the Frat House Sports NASCAR Fantasy standings. Uh, there you go. And um, while I had a a very good team. Um, uh, this past weekend, for most of the day, um, and running first most of the time, uh, I still yet to break the top ten. Well, let me, ha- well, well let me let me that's ask you. Change for did, me. Why? did you listen to my advice last week? I listen. I, I only I, I listened to some of it. I never take see one because last week I who did I say the big my I big have three it down over there. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson, right, Clint Boyer, and Jeff Gordon. Who finished one, two, three? Yeah. Well, I had Jimmy. <laughs> I had Jimmy, I didn't have Clint, and I didn't have Gordon. You play to win the game. Yep. That's how, that's how I pulled off that first place. I Those were my three. And Regan Smith. Well, I, I did differ. I picked one other driver that I didn't talk about in the show. Yeah, well, um, we, you right, know. right. We all do that a little bit. So, I mean, but... You're, uh, you're, I know. Yeah. All right. Well, that's got to change for me this week as we head down to the mile-and-a-half Texas Motor Speedway uh, with a rare... Saturday evening race. You hear me, folks? Saturday evening yep. over on Fox at 7.30 p.m. Uh, I need some help here. Everything's bigger in Texas, and this week I need a big win. So give me some good advice, sidekick. I gave you good advice last week. <laughs> Let me write them down so I can ignore them. <laughs> exactly. All right, so uh, this weekend we're going to one of the fastest tracks on the circuit, and it's not even a restrictor place track. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the amazing thing. Uh, uh, Brian Vickers actually has uh, one of the fastest poles at this track, and it's of all the of all the tracks uh, in between the uh, uh, the two uh, super speedway tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week, uh, let's. See who we're going to put on our roster. All right. Uh, this one's not as clear cut as last week was. Um, but so this week we're going to put Matt Kenseth on our roster. Okay. Uh, five straight top fives at Texas, and he won on a similar mile and a half track. If you remember back at Vegas. Okay. Right. All right. Uh, he's expensive, twenty-seven and a quarter. Uh, we're going to put Greg Biffle up there. Uh, Greg Biffle has two wins at this track and seven top fives. He's also 27-25. We're going to put Kyle Busch in there. Uh, He's got five top fives here, and he's, you know, his strong suit is uh, the intermediate uh, track types. And he is Mm -hmm. 27-25. So we're spending a lot of money on the top end, so we're going to go with some lower-ranked guys. Um... Austin Dillon, uh, who is in that fifty that fifty one car, Phoenix Racing. Do we know he's running? Yes, okay. I checked that today. He is on the entry list. Okay. Uh, and he is at five seventy five. Okay. And then, uh, which only leaves us with about twelve fifty. So I'm going with my old standby, Bobby Labonte, at ten seventy five. Okay. All right, there you have it, folks. Uh, read them and weep. Go for it. Uh, don't forget Saturday night. All right. Uh, and if, so if I if I if I run with these, 
I can have my six shooters out. Is that is that the deal on that? Yep. I, I, okay, and that'll be acceptable, I guess, to have the six shooters. Well, at the frat house, it'll be acceptable. <laughs> you know, it might not be acceptable in Connecticut. football American style. How about that uh, in uh, Major League Soccer? Sidekick, take it away for us. What do yes, you got? Yes, Major League Soccer. Uh, so, the leaderboard for this week. We've only got one change in it. Uh, that is uh, Sporting KC. Mm -hmm. uh, they bumped They bumped up. Uh, they've got 11 points. They're 3-1-2. and two. Uh, Montreal didn't play last week, so they're still sitting at 12 points. Uh, we got FC Dallas 4-1-1. Uh, one and one. 13 points. Uh, Chivas didn't play, or I'm sorry, they uh, they uh, lost. So they were 3-1-1. Uh -huh. uh, so they're point, they changed their points. And this weekend, my union, it's a home game against Toronto FC. Right now, uh, the union is fifth in the division, right, which is the cutoff for cutoff the line. playoffs. Right. Um, uh, the game is Saturday at 4 p.m., and uh, they're 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Sitting on seven points. Real quick, I'm noticing on the leaderboard, some have played five, some have played six. Uh, is that because there are games that go on Thursday, Friday, or and there and you have like are there weeks off? Yes, there's weeks off. Okay. Different. Things. How many games are there in a in, in a in a full regulation season? I want to say thirty six. Wow, there's a lot. Okay, so we got. Yeah, it goes out. clear. We we'll go into yeah, we'll go in November, right? Yeah, uh, actually, October. October. Yeah, I think the regular season goes through October. Okay, long way to go. So all right. Yep, it's kind of like NASCAR, where it's uh, yeah, got that is. really long. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's but it, it's they don't they don't play as much as I think there are races. So let's go take a look at another long season. That's Major League uh, Baseball. Okay. Um, now starting next week, uh, I, I will begin bringing you the league standings. I mean, it's still way too way too early to even start getting into so so much speculation. But I thought perhaps maybe what I would do is bring you a few interesting baseball-related stories uh, that occurred this past week. Um, stories that I thought were, well, let's just put it this way. They're attention-grabbing, all right? Let's kick it off with uh, Terry Francona. Uh, it, Francona began serving his third managerial duty uh, this season with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, now, the other day, it was a really nice day, uh, the other day for the team's home opener. Excuse me. So Francona decided to walk the two blocks from where uh, he is currently living uh, this season downtown. Except Francona couldn't find his way there and got lost three times. Uh, he made it to the park thanks to a fan who gave him a lift in a golf cart. You know, I thought my sense of direction was really bad. You know, I, I'm a bit dyslexic. That's and almost like the up away? That's almost like the umpires in DC that were that were late to the game because of right traffic. Now, if I'm a member of the team, I'm not feeling very good about the direction of the team. If you know what I'm saying, huh? Well, I, they hired Terry Francone. I'd be worried <laughs> when they when they announced they hired Terry Francone. I don't know. You know, uh, just saying. Uh, so. Just let them drink a whole lot of beer. It'll be fine. Uh, let's go over and take a look at the uh, Boston Red Sox. Uh, they're currently, uh, and I don't have the leaderboard up there, but that's, I'm going to tell you right now, they're leading the AL East with a 5-3 and three record. Uh, but one of the things uh, that they have led for many, many years, 10 years in fact, 
ended after they fell 6,000 short of a sellout. Last evening, the team announced that the Fenway Park sellout streak had ended at 794 regular season games. And in fact, it was actually more like 820 if you include postseason. <coughs> uh, and that streak began in May of 2003. That's a long, long, that, that's the longest you said, right? Yes. Uh, the second the longest the second longest was uh, 814 right. set by the uh, Portland Trail Blazers from 77 and 95. Right. It's a long, long time. That's 10, 10 years. Wow. All right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a sign of fan disgruntlement. But I'll tell you right now, we've got fan disgruntlement. Is all, yeah, full but team. how disgruntled do they are they that their team's leading? Well, I mean, yeah, but I think some of it, I think a lot of it's a hangover from the past two seasons. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, I think you know after the past two seasons, that fan base is probably sitting there going, uh, "Let's just take a wait and see attitude. We'll see. We'll see where this is going." All right. Uh, but make no mistake, fan disgruntlement is uh, already uh, full steam ahead in numerous towns uh, this early in the season. And we'll start it off down in Miami, um, where those fans, in my opinion, have every right to be disgruntled. Uh, a couple of fans, including 25-year-old Dan Barton, uh, were amongst a handful of uh, fans who showed up at the Marlins' home opener uh, the other day. Except he showed up with a, a number of his buddies uh, with signs reading uh, Free the Marlins, and wearing T-shirts reading F. Jeff and Marlins Baseball, helping other teams get better since 1998. Problem was, these creative uh, free-speaking fans never got a chance to see the game. In fact, they never even got a chance to see their seats as they were greeted by uniformed police officers who escorted them out of the ballpark. Uh, Barton and his friends just happened to be the coordinators of a fan movement called Rage Against the Marlins, uh, where they have a web presence, Facebook page, uh, Twitter handle, and they even have a petition up on whitehouse.gov to remove Jeffrey Loria as the owner of the Marlins. I say good for them. Uh, and it just so happens I've arranged to have Dan Barton on our Fan Junkies radio program tomorrow. So you're going to want to tune in to that to hear what uh, the philosophy of that particular group might be. I can't wait to chat with them. Talking about fan disgruntlement, how about this one? Someone, and on this one, it's remaining anonymous. Uh, not very pleased with the Chicago Cubs. Uh, now, many uh, believe that the Cubs have been plagued by the curse of the Billy Goat uh, since 1945. Now, I'd say that I suppose that's a possibility, but more likely it's just a lot of bad management. Uh, but not so much that it, uh, you know, there's still nonetheless Wrigley Field is, is packed all the time. So, you know, there's not much incentive for the ownership there to do anything really to change it when you're getting massive fans coming, pulling, pulling into, the, uh, into the ballpark all the time. Well, out of a scene from The Godfather, someone sent clubs, uh, a Cubs owner, Tom Ricketts, a message, <coughs> excuse me, right to Gate K of Wrigley Field. Police today have been investigating a suspicious package addressed to Ricketts that was dropped off containing a goat's head. Uh, well, <laughs> at least it nice. was... 
At least it wasn't a dead fish wrapped in a bulletproof vest, you know? That's all I can say. <laughs> Woo! Uh, fans are getting creative out there. You got to give it, you got to give them a, a, I guess you give them a hand for that one. All right, that's a few of the stories that I found attention grabbing going on over in Major League Baseball. Uh, let's go take a look at pro round ball, huh? Four games. We just got four games remaining in the NBA at this point. Yep, that's in the regular to go. Um, by next week at this time, we're probably going to have a pretty good idea of what the playoff matches might be. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. In the, New, in the Atlantic Division, the New York Knicks continue to lead that one five and a half games in front of Brooklyn Nets uh, on a streak right now, 13-0. They haven't lost a game in 13. Uh, Central Division, Indiana Pacers. Still there. Six and a half games in front of the Chicago Bulls. In the Southeast, you've got the Miami Heat. Anybody expecting anything different? 19 and a half games in front of the Atlanta Hawks. In the Northwest, you've got the Oklahoma City Thunder. Three games. Now just three games in front of the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Pacific Division, uh, the LA Clippers. Seven games in front of the Golden State Warriors. And in the Southwest, you've got the San Antonio Spurs. Four games in front of the Memphis Grizzlies. They have faltered <laughs> just a bit in the past uh, few uh, days. Um, but Memphis can't seem to catch up any ground on them. Yeah, and then actually, just to update from what we were kind of talking about last week, uh, you know, in, in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee's in, Philly's out. Right. That conference is all set up now. Uh, you've got your, your eight people locked. Uh, but in the in the West, uh, Utah's still alive. The Lakers are still alive. Uh-huh. Houston's still alive. Dallas is out now, and Portland's out. Right. And, in fact, let me run them down real quick. I'll run them down so that everybody's aware. Everybody that you just heard right now that we ran down who are the division leaders, they would automatically be into the playoffs. Who would be the others? In the East, you've got the Brooklyn Nets, Chicago Bulls, Atlanta Hawks, Boston Celtics, and Milwaukee Bucks. Those would be that. Those are your five, plus the other three in the East, in the West: Denver Nuggets, Memphis Grizzlies, Golden State Warriors, Houston Rockets, and the LA Lakers hold on to that eighth spot. So, four games remaining. I don't frankly think you're going to see much change. I think it's going to be that way. And amazingly, considering how the Lakers started out this season, I actually think they're probably going to hold on to that eighth spot and get into the playoffs. Which is actually a surprise, considering how they started the season. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Let's go take a look at the pros and cons. You do that. <laughs> Three division changes saw this past week in the NHL. With just eight games remaining in the season. Uh, thereabouts. Some teams have maybe one more. Some have one less. Let's take a look at those divisions. No change in the Atlantic Division. Pittsburgh Penguins, 16 points ahead of, not the Rangers, now the New York Islanders. In the Northeast, this is where it's been a back and forth, back and forth, going between Boston and Montreal. Boston's now back on top, uh, one point ahead of the Montreal Canadiens. In the Southeast, Washington Capitals now, two points ahead of the Winnipeg Jets. Central Division, it's been all Chicago, all season long. Chicago, 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 18 points ahead. They're the Miami Heat of the uh, NHL. Uh, 18 points ahead of the Detroit uh, Red Wings. Uh, Northwest, Vancouver goes back on top there. Uh, They are six points 
amazingly. Six points ahead in Minnesota. Wow, Minnesota really stumbled this week. Talk about a team stumbling. Uh, and in Pacific Division, the Anaheim Ducks, 11 points ahead of the Kings. And so let's take a look at that playoff picture. All of the teams in the East that I just mentioned get in. All of them in the West get in. Uh, who would be the others? Uh, in the East, you've got the Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs, Ottawa Senators, New York Islanders, and the New York Rangers in the West. Playoff bound would be the Kings, LA Kings, San Jose Sharks, St. Louis Blues, Minnesota Wild, and the Detroit Red Wings. Ready to talk? Sure. Go do our shout-outs. Go do our shout-outs for this week. That's our show. Make sure you get over and join up with fan junkies. We've only been telling you for how long? 84 episodes. Yeah, <laughs> just about 84 episodes. 84 episodes, right? We've been telling you. Get over there. Fanjunkies.net. Sign up. Social media, okay? Social networking. It's, it's, it's where sports meets social networking. Get over there. Join up. It's completely free, all right? When you do, get over there. Hey, you, you'll bump into Sidekick and I. And if you like, friend us. If you don't like us, don't friend us. Uh, but no, get over there and join that, will you? Just don't ask me to talk about hockey. Fan ju- not this year, anyhow. Not this season. Not until no, no, it's no. over. Fan Junkies Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Jonathan and I. Terrific shows. I just said, tomorrow, we're going to have on this Dan Barton from Miami and the, and, the, and the Rage Against the Marlins. This is the kind of thing that we do all, all the time. Uh, and you've got the 100th episode coming up. We have our 100th episode coming up at the beginning of May. Uh, that'll be a two-hour episode, and we've got all kinds of guests. I mean, multiple guests are being lined up for that one as we speak. Uh, but next Wednesday, we've got the captain of the women's Olympic ice hockey team coming on with us. So that'll be an interesting show as well next Wednesday. But Fan Junkies Radio over on Blog Talk Radio. Check that out. And our show right here, this one, also rebroadcast for myself on Saturdays at 1. All right, for Frat House Saturdays. HerbFM.com. Got a schedule? Yep. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I know they're there. They're, they're every week they have been very, Friday very night. loyal, and they rebroadcast us. Yep. I didn't. Uh, I should have looked before the That's show. That's right. but HerbFM.com. Get over there. Check them out. And they have their schedule posted up there. You will see our program, and they usually broadcast us every week for about an hour. Um, our, buddy CL, uh, our buddies over at CLW83.com, yep. they rebroadcast all of the Fan Junkies productions, all of them which is Fan Junkies Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's Wrestle Chat on Tuesdays. Sports Blogger from Thursdays. It's Frat House Art. All of those, they're rebroadcasting all of those. That's our buddy Jim Williams and Carl over there at CLW83. Uh, I'll be making a special appearance, too, on uh, Jim's, uh, Jim's podcast on Monday. On the, uh, what, what is it called? The Touch Em All, Touch Em All Baseball, which yep. will be broadcast over on CLW83. So that'll be coming up on Monday. Uh, and then last but not least, Frat House Sports. We got a preview up there right now for the Masters for this week. Masters preview is up there. So, you know, if 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 by chance you get, you know, torn and you get sucked into it, and you want to watch that a little bit on Sunday, you know, go read that and you catch up on news too. All right. All right, there you go. Yeah, I might train Sunday. That's our uh, that's, that's our that's our program for this week. All right, you know what you got to do. You got to keep us real. You got to keep us live, and you got to keep us going. We'll, well see last you next year week. we see played you. the number one RPI schedule in the nation, and this year we played a top five schedule. And um, I don't think we could 
face a basketball team any better than Wichita State. They are great. Um, something different has happened to me this year than ever happened before. In a tournament, I went against three coaches after watching 10 to 12 films. I just thought they were tremendous, and I never really coached against them. Just, just awesome, awesome coaches. And um, it's tough for Wichita State to lose this game tonight because they played great. Uh, we had to dig in. You know, Russ still had a good night, but Russ is our best free throw shooter. But four of our starters had their worst night of the season. And we had to win this game with our second unit of Stephen Van Treese, a walk-on Tim Henderson, one of the best six men in all of basketball, Luke Hancock, and, um, and Montrez Harrell. So uh, there's a reason our starters played poorly. It's because Wichita State is that good. So we're really, really happy to be playing in the final game. Frat House Cabin. As we're moving now late into our third round here on Frat House Saturday. We thank you for joining us. Alrighty, and there's our five minutes at the Frat House number 84. And as I said, if you want to actually that production, see the video of that, uh, all you have to do, uh, just uh, head on over to YouTube, type in five five minutes at the Frat House, um, or head over to our website, which is frathousesports.net, frathousesports.net. And I'm joined back in here again by my very special Frat House Saturday co-host, Mark. Mark, you there with us? Yes, Mike, I'm with you. And by the way, folks, that was me on piano. <laughs> You're doing a very nice job, man. I worked all week on that one. I had to make sure that was good for it. You must do well at this time of the year with all the royalties. Uh, you know, you get back on that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Commercial sports, I'm with it. Come on. Yeah, yeah that, that's some great stuff. Damn, yeah. wish, wish I had known that was the case. I would have gotten you to do it live for us today. <laughs> That'll be next week. We'll take that on Thursday with uh, five minutes of spread out. There you go. There's another reason to be making sure that you're checking out episode number 85. Let's Eight. run around real quick. Uh, in Major League Baseball, these are the games that I had said that would be going off at 1 o'clock. Right now, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are up on uh, the Boston Red Sox uh, one Uh That's in the bottom of the third. In the top of the fourth, the Giants and the Cubs are still 0-0, and also in the top of the fourth right now, the 9-1 and Braves are 2-0 over the 7-3 and Washington Nationals, uh, and those are the scores as we know them live at the moment. Wow, very good. How about that? Yeah, well, you know, everybody sees the Nationals coming out of the East there, brother, so. Mm-hmm. Well, and listen, make no mistake, I'm, I'm one of them. I'm one of them, so. Uh, Long way. Yeah, a long way is right. A long, long way. So we'll we'll see how things go as we move through. But uh, let's uh, let me throw out the number three four seven two three seven 
888-528-5373. You got us for about another uh, 20 minutes or so, a little bit less than that, uh, about 19 minutes. Uh, uh, got us here for that time. And if there's anything, anything, anything on your mind uh, with regard to sports, 347-237-5373 is how you get hold of us here. And you can throw something out to Mark and I. Uh, comment, question, something you like, something you didn't like, something you agree with, something you disagree with. Uh, how about this? How about we disagree over uh, the suspensions that were handed uh, down to a couple of San Diego Padres uh, with regard to the, well, everybody's seen it, the brawl from the other night uh, where Carlos Quentin uh, stormed the mound on Zach Greinke, um, and uh, ultimately, in the end, Greinke sustained a broken collarbone, uh, which is going to have him out for eight weeks. Um, apparently, Major League Baseball has seen fit to suspend Carlos Quentin for eight games. Uh, infielder Jerry Harrison Jr. also suspended for a game uh, for apparently continuing to incite uh, the melee that occurred uh, the other evening as we saw on baseball. We've seen these kinds of things before, though, Mark, haven't we? I mean, my gosh, you and I have been around long enough. As I pointed out in Fan Junkies uh, radio uh, yesterday, we've seen these, my God, in black and white. That's how far back, you know, these kinds of things occur. And they don't happen on a regular basis. Make no mistake. I mean, this you might see two, three of these a year. I mean, what do you make of eight, eight games, really? I mean, what's your sense on that? Is that uh, enough? Too much? Uh, or, or wasn't enough. Maybe it didn't go far enough. What do you think? Uh, eight games seems a bit harsh to me. Um, let's understand something that uh, evidently Greinke has a, a pretty good history against this particular hitter <laughs> in striking the man. So there's probably a bit of uh, combustible uh, fuel there uh, to have charged uh I guess Quentin up enough to say, you know what, enough of this, and he's going to charge uh, the mound. But you're right, we've seen it before. Um, I think really the penalty goes to the severity of Greinke's injury. I think that's really what you see there in numbers. Uh, you break a guy's collarbone uh, as a result of a charge to the mound, and I guess the league came down emotionally on this one. Uh, maybe there was some of that past history of, of this uh, uh, duo uh, kind of being combative. But at the same time, I think I think that's a pretty big suspension when you consider Jerry Hairstrom Jr., who incited, like, the out-of-the-dugout part of the feud. He's suspended a mere game. So where do you, how, do you, how do you justify it? I don't know, well, dude. Well, and no, and no suspension for Granke. I mean, I guess their attitude is, Hey, well, poor you know, guy, he's out for eight weeks. I think he was suspended for the rest of his game. <laughs> yeah, really. They may, they may have given his uh, absentia there because he, he wasn't playing further. And also Matt Kemp, who was also another uh, on the L.A. side uh, player who, who kind of incited, right, because Matt Kemp was involved. Both uh, Granke and Kemp do not receive any uh, any discipline whatsoever. It's 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 only Hairston and uh, Quentin thus far well, that and, have I mean, can, can we actually be blaming Quentin for breaking Granke's collarbone when, in some respects, I mean, if you watch the video, it's very possible Granke may have contributed that to himself. I mean, he put his shoulder down. <laughs> well, again, you know, I have to laugh because you did chat with uh, Jonathan about this. And, uh, you know, I, 
you see, your your comment was quite funny. You know, don't they know the NFL rules? Uh, I don't know, dude. I mean, I don't know. Um, like I say, I think, it, you know, this was combustible. These two uh, decided, okay, we're going to, we're going to have haymaking right here. And so, well, you know, Quentin charges. Grunky, you know, <laughs> takes a stance like a football guy. He's not. And uh, so there it is. But I think really the number, the number dictates the injury more than the penalty. Yeah, I mean, if you watch, again, too, if you watch, if you go back and watch the video, Quentin gives him a look before he actually charges him out. Without a um, doubt, was there communication uh, between them. Yep. Oh, yeah, and there was definitely communication. You could see uh, Granky actually said something to him, and it was uh, only after Granky made the comment, whatever the heck it was. I mean, one can only imagine it was probably colorful. Probably some about his mother, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh, something colorful. And, and, and there goes there goes Quentin. He's charging him out at that point. Now, as you say, you know, he's been on the opposite end of this now a couple of times uh, with Granky. And, uh, you know, again, we go back to the fact no, no – no penalties whatsoever for Granky, uh, simply for Quentin. Um, in some respects, uh, you know, I hate to sound like an old schooler. Let me ask you this, though, uh, before I get to, to, to my thought on that. Um, it, it, could this be a reaction to us? Well, not us, but sports in general just becoming more PC. Um, oh, my gosh, look at this mess. We can't have this happening to our sport. Uh, could it be a reaction to that? Oh, I don't know. I think that's a hard argument to make. Um, you know, you've seen, you know, charging the mound happens. I mean, the tempers get flared in any sport that's highly competitive. And you got to put MLB right up there as, as one of the uh, most fundamentally difficult sports um, to mentally stay with. Um both from the players and the fans' standpoint, I don't, I don't see necessarily this brouhaha, which has exploded, as being detrimental in the sport in any way, or being uh, per se uh, something unique. We've seen it before; it'll happen again. Um, hopefully, you know, next time you don't have a broken collarbone and injured player as a result. But I think, I think it's just natural to the sport. I don't think we should be sending up a flare that this is a problem in, in Major League Baseball. We've got to sanction this so hard now that it never, ever occurs again. Hey, listen, take humanity out of it and put robots out there. Play it on video. You know, play it on video if you want that uh, that sort of Listerine flavor in your mouth to, to sports. I mean, people are people. Things happen. It makes for... It makes for a compelling story. Obviously, we're sharing it. Absolutely. Well, they, you know, but the whole issues with with players, excuse me, storming the mound and 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 pitchers, you know, pitching in tight or or buzzing them, um, doesn't that all go to uh, the kind of situation where the players are kind of policing themselves? Now that we've got a pretty pretty hefty suspension here. For a guy that stormed the mound, uh, haven't we in fact kind of put a bubble around the uh, the pitchers to the extent that uh, now they're capable of doing whatever they want? If they want to pitch inside, if they want to buzz you, if they want to you know belt you with the with the ball, uh, listen, you storm the mound, buddy. Guess what? You're going to get suspended. 
Well, yeah, intentional beaning of a player is going to get you that, too. So you're right. I mean, there's got to be a sense of fair play, and I think the players do police themselves uh, relatively well. I mean, if I were to draw a parallel, and this one might uh, maybe not hold water to some or it might sting to others, uh, you know, in the NFL, what what we've done with, with quarterbacks, to my thinking, is not unlike what you're suggesting uh, might be going on there with pitchers in baseball, and that is I am untouchable. There's really no thing you can do to me. Right. Um, so I don't know. Is it is it right for the sport? No. Is it natural progression, natural evolution in sports? Probably so. See, I'm I tend to be a little more passive about about making um, sanctions and uh, and hard uh, stone cold rulings uh, that could affect the future of the game. Oh, um, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, uh, you had posted uh, from Frat House. You thought this eight-game suspension could be knocked down. Uh, I can see where that might be that might be valid. And I think it was an emotional decision made by uh, the governing body right now of, of uh, Major League Baseball because of the severity of the injury. I think that's where we go this time with this item. Uh, I don't think you should read more into it, and I hope MLB doesn't want to read more into it that storming the mound is going to get you an eight-game suspension, irrespective, all the time, going forward. It never changes, if you see where I'm going. Is it Zach Granke, then? I mean, let's say this is a, uh, let's say this is a middle reliever who uh, just came up from uh, AAA, and uh, Carlos Quentin does the same thing, storms the mound. Um, does, does he get quite the same uh, number of games? Uh, Carlos Quentin probably does not. I would right. say. Oh, I think I think what we have here again is the it's all part of the emotion of it. Um at the same time, um yeah, I mean, you know, these pitchers have to be somewhat mindful of who are they beating with any regularity, you know. Speak <laughs> <laughs> uh, careful, you know. <laughs> hey, get commissioner out there, dude. You know, pitch in tight with him once in a while. Let's see how they do it upstairs. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Get Bud in the batter's box. Let's... I think we'd all like to see that. Listen, there's a bunch of people down in Miami that would like to see Jeffrey Luria get in the box. <laughs> well, they want him in a dunking tank, I think is what they want. And I, I think they want acid when he gets dunked. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'd pay a $10 ball to fire one at that target. <laughs> Let's give him a pie in the face. That is funny. That is funny. Now, listen, uh, Kobe Bryant's out injured. He's got yeah. the Achilles thing. Is it time to just all jump on that bandwagon? I think so. We're heading down to Miami. Let's go, right? Is that <laughs> What do you think? Is that where it's going now? Well, you know, I got to tell you, um, there's, there. you know, I'm glad you brought it up because I was actually going to close out uh, things today uh, exactly with that story. Uh, apparently, uh, Kobe Bryant, what, there's only about uh, seven games, I think, remaining right now in the season. Uh, the L.A. Lakers are holding on to the eighth spot right now in the Western Conference for the playoffs. Uh, make no mistake about it. I'm not a big, big Kobe fan, but make no mistake about it. Uh, he has single-handedly carried this team into the playoffs. And last night suffers a torn Achilles, uh, which is going to put him out for quite some time, absolutely the rest of the season, and certainly any postseason possibilities they may have. Question is, at this point, with seven games remaining, do they not even now make it into the playoffs? 
uh, certainly, I mean, Jonathan and I were talking about it yesterday, and we were looking at the matchups, and I said, uh, I believe that uh, as of yesterday, uh, prior to that game that uh, Bryant got injured, um, the matchup would have been the number eight would have played the number one, which would have been the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and uh, Jonathan said he thought it would be a quick uh, series and out go the Lakers. I said, well, I would say, yeah, I think the Lakers probably lose the series. I don't know how quick it would be. That I thought it would be at least six, maybe seven games. I believe, of, you said, I believe you said minimal. Minimal. Six. Correct. Uh, meaning, meaning you saw this going back and forth. You know, Lakers win a couple at home uh, and vice versa. And now we've got four in our in our tool chest. And now we're going to, you know, struggle and smash for a couple more minimum. Correct. And and I, my think, my thinking yeah. on that is simply because of the will of Kobe Bryant. And as I said, you know, listen, make no mistake. I think the guy's probably one of the most egocentric, if not the most egocentric player in all of baseball. Now the question has to be, even if they do make the playoffs, I might now have to agree with Jonathan that it might be four and done. Um, this this is a major, major blow to the L.A. Lakers' chances and hopes of getting into the playoffs and potentially getting anywhere inside of the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, and here uh, is just another sort of uh, sideways uh thought on it um you had a major i mean we saw it i was with you at the frat house that weekend the uh the major loss to the louisville cardinals men's ncaa basketball uh, with uh, the young the young man where right uh yes. he's made the circuit he's recovering he's gonna hopefully return um uh, you know 100 percent whole but the funny part is he goes down, what does Louisville do? They rally. Um, the question then, really, the real key question is, will the L.A. Lakers be able to have that same mindset at a professional level? Because everybody's getting paid. Everybody's in it for a different reason. Let's get it straight. It's sports. It's a business. Will they rally in his absence to win for him or is is Jonathan correct? Would, you know, it's it's going to be four and out, five and out. L.A. with or without Kobe isn't going to be going anywhere. College that's college good. basketball is a completely different animal. They play as a you team. Yep, you better believe it. We have and, seen right, we have right. seen this L.A. Lakers team be as dysfunctional as any potential playoff team so far in the entire NBA all season long. Oh, dude. Uh, the, the first 20 games of the year, right, yeah. told the story. The Absolutely. first 20 games of the year told a story about L.A. and shooting themselves potentially in the foot over and over. Yep. I don't know if you can apply the same formula of the Louisville Cardinals uh, to the L.A. Lakers. I just don't see it. Uh, and I, I don't know if you could apply that really to just about any team in the NBA. The NBA is like no other animal. It is so me-centered uh, from the standpoint of those one or two big stars on yep. each team. Uh, yep. th- these guys completely lost sight of what it's like to play at a collegiate level. That's why I love the collegiate game. No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But it is ironic. I just bring it up for its sense of irony. Yep. 
All right, we've got about three minutes left, so let me just run around real quick and uh, uh, just remind everybody, please, uh, yes, we are on the Fan Junkies Radio Network, um, which means what you need to do is get over to fanjunkies.net, where sports meets social networking, and sign up for that. This is a, a Facebook type of of, uh, of a website uh, where you can interact with sports fans. That's it, just exclusively sports fans from all over the country. And so it's completely free. That's the other thing, folks. Completely free, and it takes you just a matter of seconds to sign up. So please make sure you get over to fanjunkies.net and sign up there. Fan Junkies Radio right here, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 noon uh, with Jonathan Regis and myself. Uh, I'm going to have Jim Williams in with me on Monday sitting in. Uh, Everybody knows the voice, Jim Williams. He'll be in with me on Monday as uh, Jonathan, unfortunately, cannot be with us uh, that day. Uh, but we do have a great, great program scheduled for that one, as well as some terrific uh, guests coming up uh, as we move closer and closer to our 100th uh, radio broadcast, which will be coming up, I believe it's on May 8th. So that's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 12 noon, right here, Eastern Time, uh, Fan Junkies Radio. Wrestle Chat uh, with Jonathan, with Jim Williams, and with Brett Clendaniel. On Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, you can catch that program right here. Uh, my buddies, uh, Scott and uh, John, up at Sports Blaga Radio, all your Boston sports right here on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Have you heard that Sports Blaga program, Mark? Oh, yeah. I've listened in to two or three times. Those guys are a lot of fun. I think this is a great opportunity for them. Uh, and I love the affiliation, dude. Love the affiliation. Let's get a different perspective. That's what Fred House Sports is really all about. Absolutely. Uh, and I want to thank uh, Jim and Carl over at CLW83.com for rebroadcasting all of our all of our fan junkies programs from this network. I'll be back with you again next week. I want to thank Mark. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, listen, we got to do this a lot more often. Um, I will Great. be back with you again next. Saturday, right here for another Frat House Saturday. In the meantime, you got one more thing you got to do for me. I think you know what that is. You got to keep us real. You got to keep us live, and you got to keep us going. Thanks, Mark. All right, see you. Maybe you're a 49ers fan in Jacksonville or a Jets fan in Houston, and you're looking to connect with fellow fans from hundreds or thousands of miles away. Look no further than FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net is a social networking site dedicated to fans of every team and every league. Connect with baseball, football, basketball, and hockey fans from throughout the country and throughout the world. Get the latest news, take polls, and interact in live chats on game day. And best of all, it's absolutely free to join. Sign up today at FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.